Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome back to The Drive Season 16. We're sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. The man across the studio is still Scott Jason. I don't know why he hasn't left me yet, mm -hmm. but this is an ongoing relationship. He is of Fog.net. <laughs> well, Fitz, hey, it's great to be back for another season. We have so much to get to today, especially excited to talk about Bruce Weber. Will he be back for another? Oh. You know what? I, I have my basketball notes. I need to change those to football. Okay, yeah, we got to we got to do football first. Mm -hmm. We got a whole, whole season of it, <laughs> folks. You can interact with us on social media at facebook.com/slash/thedriveshow, on Twitter at thedrive13, and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of the drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog.net. We start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, K-State is picked seventh in the Big 12 going into Chris Kleiman's third season. Is that an accurate ranking, or do you think the Wildcats could finish even higher? Uh, you know, Scott, what I find really interesting about this is I feel like with Kansas State having a six-year senior quarterback coming back for his super senior season, if you want to call it that, and Skylar Thompson, you would think most prognosticators would look at that as a huge advantage for K-State, but they kind of skip over that. They kind of skip over the fact that K-State went four and six without him last year playing a true freshman quarterback during a pandemic. I think there's a lot of upside to this team. Now, I'm, like the, the question was phrased, <clears throat> I'm not saying they won't finish seventh. I'm saying that there is a much bigger upside to this team that could make them very competitive. For a Big 12 title game, maybe not, but they have some really nice weapons coming out of the pandemic or benefits of the pandemic almost. They had a lot of problems along the offensive line with, with health issues and injuries, and they were rebuilding that line last year. They have eight guys back with starting experience. And that really is something that this program hasn't had under Chris Kleiman is the type of offensive line he really wants to run that offense. And defensively, I think they've got a few tricks up their sleeve. We're going to see when the Cats open with Stanford down in Arlington on the 4th. But uh, I just think they've got a lot more depth at so many key position groups that this is going to be a pretty good team. If they can stay healthy at linebacker and maybe a few other spots, I think they could be really good. We'll see how it plays out over the course of the season, but uh, I just see a lot of upside to this. Think about this. By season's end, they were really depleted between injuries and COVID-19. And on offense, there are really only two reliable weapons they had left on the field were a true freshman quarterback and a true freshman running back. So they kind of ran out of things that they could do to the opposition and it just all snowballed on them. 
and losing five straight to end the season. I, I don't think this team's going to lose three straight at any point this season, and that includes an open to the conference that has Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State all lined up, which is a real challenge for this team. I think this K-State team's going to be pretty good. We'll see how it plays out, but I am very optimistic and excited for the season. You know, Fitz, a lot of times year three ends up being kind of the tone-setting right. year for a program, especially when you have the chance to kind of outperform expectations. And it could almost be a blessing in disguise. You get pick seventh, you finish third, fourth, something like that happens. And, and that builds a lot of credibility, not just for this year, not just for next year, but moving forward, knowing that Chris Kleiman can do that with some of his teams. It's interesting you say that because I see a lot of comparisons between TCU and K-State. TCU mm -hmm. is picked, I think, fourth. And I think they're very similar teams. Mm. Well, Scott, Kansas has a new coach, a new offense, and a new defense. Is Lance Leipold the man to turn around things in Lawrence? Well, Fitz, Kansas obviously hopes so. And I think the most promising sign so far to come out of this offseason, and keep in mind this is a guy who was in place after the spring. He didn't Here. get to go through spring ball with his team. Uh, it's just that Lance Leipold is a, a different guy, his own dude, kind of compared to the last few coaches that – um, I think at the time you could understand why they were made, but there were elements of those hires that you would almost call like gimmick hires. You know, you think about a guy like David Beatty who came in hammering Texas high school recruiting over and over so much that at his opening press conference when he meant to say Kansas at several points, he actually said the word Texas. Uh, you think of the less Miles spectacle, what that was from, uh, you know, eating grass and finding ways to incorporate that on a turf field to, you know, questions about whether he was really all there. At times, was he too involved in some ways? At times, was he not involved enough, uh, enough in other ways? Uh, what I think Lance Leipold does fits, I think he walks the line of a happy medium. And when I say that, I mean, he's not a micromanager to the extent that he allows his assistants to coach. He allows his play callers to call plays. He allows his defensive coordinator to run the defense, but he's still involved in a lot of the details and kind of the game day preparation and making sure guys are doing things the right way. You know, at times, yes, he will. If you want to use the word metal, then metal is the correct word. He'll work with the quarterbacks. He'll have a, something he sees in the run game and work on it. But you watch him at practice, and what he does, he, he kind of walks around patrolling things and, and just kind of yelling out, hey, no, you're not doing that drill the right way, or yeah, you screwed up that rep, but you need to run, you need to finish. If this were a play and you get blocked, are you just gonna lay there on the field and stop there? Uh, I think culture is so important to him, and Fitz, you know it, I know it, every coach in the world says culture, but he's had kind of a direct way of implementing it, and I think a big part of that too was bringing in six transfers from Buffalo, guys on the offensive side of the ball, guys on the defensive side of the ball. I think in the end that, you know, they did some player-led practices with actual like sessions and timing and all that stuff during the summer. I think that stuff helps put them ahead. Will it allow them to catch up for not having a spring? Probably not. So long answer, made shorter. I don't know if he's the guy, but he has his own way of doing things and he's going to get the chance to kind of do things his own way. Yeah, you address this exactly how I feel about this hire. I feel like from the day they moved on from Mark Mangino, every hire has been a reaction to the previous hire. Mm -hmm but not this one. Yeah. They just went out and found the best football coach they could, and they found a pretty darn good one. Well, Fitz, I'm sure we're, gonna t we're going to talk about this topic in the coming weeks, but realignment has been the number one topic in college sports for about the, the last month or so. So uh, let me ask it to you simply. Do you think the Big 12 is destined to fall apart? Scott, I really don't. I, I know that was the reaction of everyone immediately when it went down. Everyone kind of went into panic mode, including people inside of athletic departments and institutions. But I think as we progress down this, we, we've discovered that uh, the eight probably have some solidarity and 
certainly reasons to stick together in the short term over the next four years because of the money owed them by the two schools that are exiting and ESPN. And also, I think we're going to see them expand here at some point, whether that will be schools coming in sooner rather than later, or maybe towards the end of this grant of rights contracts that they have in place through the 24 season. I'm not sure. But I, I think the Big 12 will be back to 12 schools here uh, in the next few years. And without Oklahoma and Texas, it hurts to lose Oklahoma and Texas for TV ratings, for the quality of the contract you're going to get from, from institutions like ESPN and, and ABC and CBS and Fox. But I also think they're going to they're going to find some freedom in the independence of being dislodged from Texas's control. And uh, I'm actually getting more and more optimistic about mm -hmm. the future of the Big 12, if a Central Florida and a Cincinnati and some of these schools that have been deprived of the money from Power Five conferences start getting that. I think the Big 12 is going to be in pretty good shape, Scott. Well, Fitz, just to add on to that, I, I think there are kind of two timelines that things have been working on, and I think a lot of people have acknowledged one side or not the other. And, and the first timeline is of the Big 12 schools. Yeah, I mean, in, in a perfect world, if you were a Big 12 program and the Big 10 or the Pac-12 came calling and offered what you deemed, it, you viewed as more security, then sure, you know, maybe you jump onto that, maybe you feel like that's a better route for you. But there's another side of that too, right, which is the other conferences, and they have to have the motivation to go out and say, we want to add these teams, we want to take these teams, we want to build with an Oklahoma State, with a Kansas, with an Iowa State, all of that stuff. So I think that, at the very least, makes it very complicated. It means it's going to, going to probably get drawn out, probably going to take more time. But uh, I'm with you from this perspective. I can see these teams sticking together a lot more than probably was the case even a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and if you're following along with conference realignment and Big 12 expansion, if that's a topic in which you're interested, mm -hmm. make sure you head over to 24-7 Sports. I know Fog and Go Powercat are doing some great work on that. Mm -hmm. Now, a quick look at your poll question. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, this week's question is, will a Big 12 team make the college football playoff this year? We have a few answers for you, a few options. A, yes, Oklahoma will. B, yes, Iowa State will. C, I think we just included to be nice to the other Big 12 schools. Yes, it'll be another program. Or D, no, no Big 12 program will. Vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. I vote yes. <laughs> 12 teams in the, no, hold on, that's not yet. No, I vote no. <laughs> Well, hey, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Fitz, next Saturday you will be in Arlington for K-State's open air against Stanford. Make sure to check out the baseball stadium there. It's pretty cool. How important is this game for the K-State program? Scott, again, we're moving on to football. <laughs> we're, we're trying to get to football season. Any other sport, Fitz, any other sport. <laughs> uh, first of all, I'm excited to go on the road. I haven't been on the road in three years, so this is going to be kind of fun. In terms of this football game, I think this is as big a game as the Kansas State football program has faced in at least five years, maybe longer. Uh, I kind of feel like uh, there was a real investment from fans when the team played at Nashville later in the Bill Snyder years and the team lost to Vanderbilt. And I felt like that was a, a setback that really set back the fan base in terms of uh, their passion to go to road games uh, and make big road trips and spend a lot of money on these things. The folks are back in the boat right now. Coming off of the pandemic or you know what we went through last year, I, I think K-State's gonna have an excess of 30,000 fans there, if not more than that, um, with closer to 40. And, and this game's huge for the team in the context of this season to start there. They gotta win this, then they come home for two games in non-conference that they can win against pretty good opponents, really. So I think it's vital to get to 3-0 as they come out of their non-conference schedule and plunge into a Big 12 schedule that's front-loaded for them. But uh, in the bigger scope of things, with everything going on with realignment and expansion, I think it's really important that Kansas State, not just as a football team on the field, but as a fan base, really shows that it's more than what you might measure from a TV market. It's more than what you might imagine for a school that is in the eighth biggest town in a small population state such as Kansas. This is really important to show the college football world that Kansas State isn't defined by some of the things that you normally would think a program is defined by, and uh, that the investment the fan base has in their program is really important and says a lot. And I think that's true of a lot of programs in the Big 12, where really market size or those typical things don't explain how invested their fans are. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for this game. I think it's really big for K-State football. Well, Fitz, I will make a point on football this time and just say that first game of each year can be so important, such yeah. a tone setter. And obviously we talked about the third season. I think getting off on the right foot would be very big for Kansas State. Yeah, and, and having a third season after a pandemic season is just so weird. It almost feels like a second season, but it's the third season. Yeah. It's so strange. Well, Scott, let's talk specifics. Kansas is still in the process of picking a new quarterback. Who do you think will take the field to start that first game? Well, Fitz, stop me if you – well, don't actually because you will stop me, <laughs> but you've heard this before. Uh, Kansas doesn't have a quarterback, so uh, or at least Kansas is trying to find one. Uh, the team actually has a few interesting options this year, and that starts with Jason Bean. This is a kid uh, from North Texas who transferred in. Uh, he was in kind of a competition there, started games, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, 14 of those touchdowns were passing. Uh, so that would probably be the maybe second-best quarterback season. You see him on your screen now. Uh, the second-best quarterback season if it happened at Kansas in uh, a long, long time. Now, he's an explosive playmaker, very athletic. Uh, I think there's a lot of promise there about what he can do. But uh, there are a couple other guys on the roster that have made this kind of a more interesting question. And Miles Kendrick, who's been in the program four years after starting at the JUCO level, uh, he's one of the big reasons. Miles Kendrick is a smaller guy. He doesn't have a big arm. He didn't have many offers, any offers out of 
uh, high school other than to be a slot receiver, and he had one offer. It was Kansas out of the JUCO ranks. He's never started a season in college as a starter, Fitz, even his JUCO season, and yet he continues to work and kind of plug away. He's been praised for his leadership. Uh, the guys like what he can do on that end. Here you see the limitation, though. That ball should have been picked. It's underthrown. It ends up being a touchdown. So I think they like the off-field. I think they like the intangibles of him. And then the other option is Jalen Daniels. Daniels not quite as mobile as Bean, a little bit more mobile than a guy like Kendrick, but he got valuable starting experience as a 17-year-old freshman. Now, there may have been some questions about availability with him in this preseason camp. Uh, we kind of, you know, heard Lance Leipold allude to some of those things, although he didn't give specifics. He really does not uh, like to discuss injuries. A lot of coaches are the same way. To me, this quarterback battle at this point probably comes down to the, the exceptional playability of a guy like Bean and maybe the more consistency of a guy like Kendrick, the more known of what you know at this moment. But uh, I think what's fascinating is that Lance Leipold has not committed uh, to naming one guy and going with him for the entire year. He said normally he likes to do that. But, you know, this is a staff that hadn't seen these quarterbacks throw until the start of fall camp in person uh, just because of limitations of what you're allowed to do in the summer and that they weren't in place in the spring. So long answer short, I don't think Kansas knows yet. I think this thing goes down to the last day. I think they announce their starter when that guy walks onto the field to, to take the first snap of the first game. I, I don't think we'll have an answer before then. I really feel deja vu right now. <laughs> You should. Mm. I do every year, Fitz. Mm. But uh, honestly, I mean, if you're not good at quarterback, you're going to have issues. Mm -hmm. So hopefully for KU, someone steps forward. Mm -hmm. And now let's step out of bounds. Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, Nebraska fell to Illinois 30-22 to to kick off the season in week zero. Uh, I looked this up. Scott Frost has a $20 million buyout after the season. But it's, do the Cornhuskers just need to get rid of him and start over? What do you think? Look, uh, we'll get to the picks later in the show. Uh, but everyone knows I'm really good at predictions. <laughs> and I predicted Scott Frost was the man for the job at Nebraska. I mean, the resume was absolutely yeah. perfect. It was perfect for a Nebraska head coach. And he stinks. And I watched this game against Illinois, which is in a first-year coach with Brett Bielma, his first game in Champaign, and that team looks infinitely more prepared and better coached. How does that happen, Scott? I don't understand how Scott Frost can be this bad at details. Their special teams are awful. Their quarterback plays still average at best. Yeah, they probably need to move on because they've got off-the-field issues now related to illegal practices. Mm. Um, there's nothing worse than getting NCAA violations when you stink on the field. <laughs> well, uh, anytime you lose a game to Arthur Sitkowski, I think is how you say his name. He was the Rutgers quarterback that Kansas beat 55-14 to 14 in a game. Uh, when you lose to him in your opener, it is probably time for a change in yeah, some regard. That's, that's not good. Mm -hmm. Now let's hear from the fans. And our fan question is sponsored by Metalark, supporting people in living their best lives. Here's our first fan question of the year. It comes from Kevin who wants to know about Devin, Neil, and if he's the real deal. There we go. <laughs> I was just rapping. Yeah, I think that was rap. That was rap. That what? was. That's from uh, Dr. Seuss uh, in Lawrence again. Uh, no, I, I do think Devin Neal, four-star running back out of, the, out of Lawrence High, is the real deal. And I think this is the biggest indicator. Uh, Lance Leipold was asked about him for a freshman and said, I'm not evaluating him as a freshman. I'm evaluating him as a player. Is he executing like everyone else? 
uh, at another press conference, he said, this guy's not only going to play running back, he might play some kick returner this year, which tells you they're trying to get the freshman on the field. So uh, we'll see what he can bring, but highest ranked recruit in Kansas history comes from in the town, you know, just down the road at Lawrence High. I think they're really excited about him. Thank you for the question, Kevin, about Devin. Kevin about Devin. Mm -hmm. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. And when we return, we will look at last year's prediction here on The Drive. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now it's time to take a look at our predictions. Remember, make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. And it's a new season, it's a fresh start, <laughs> but let's start by looking back at last year where I put on a display of excellence that has been rarely seen. A clinic. You can see Scott had 41 uh, and 32 wrong. I batted 300 for the mm-hmm. season. I am the George Brett of the dry picks, and I'm proud of it. It was awful. That looks better. I like that so much better. Wiping the slate clean. Here are what we're going to pick in week one. Kansas, minus 14 and a half versus South Dakota. Yeah, Fitz, I saw this line Mm. uh, at some places as high as 15 and a half. It does not make sense to me. I do think Kansas wins, but I see this being much closer than this. I will take South Dakota, uh, and I'd probably take South Dakota if this were a smaller line, too. I'm going with Kansas. (laughs) That should scare the heck out of KU fans, but I think Kansas is going to win this and win this convincingly. Well, I'm going to run it up. (laughs) Next is K-State, minus two and a half versus Stanford. Fitz, who you got? I like K-State. I think K-State's going to roll in this one. Stanford also is going through some rebuild. In fact, early lines had Stanford favored, so a lot of movies money has moved towards K-State. Well, Fitz, uh, as is our tradition, I will go opposite with you. I know it's a surprise because I just told you I'd take K-State, but I'm going to take Stanford. We'll see what happens. didn't surprise me. He just pulled that out of nowhere. (laughs) Our last game of the week is Texas. Are they in the Big 12? Mm. Did, have they left I yet? Think we'll have to check. That'll okay. be enough. Minus nine and a half against the Raging Cajun of Louisiana. And I will take Texas, um, but I will horns down while doing it. Yeah. Uh, Fitz, Texas is back. Give me the Longhorns. We'll agree on that one. Wow. Wow, they're going to beat Louisiana. Congratulations, <laughs> Texas. You're ready for the SEC. Again, make your picks over at our Twitter page, at the Drive 13 now it's time for our on the clock segment on the clock is sponsored by carpet one by local for a strong local community and we start with mr scott jason of fog.net well fitz earlier today on sunday i found myself watching english premier league soccer and i promise i bring this up for a reason i watched tottenham win one to nothing the guy who scored the goal son they interviewed him uh, after the game and they asked him an interesting question about if he re-watches his goals that he scores and he says he does and they asked him why and he said I play at a soccer stadium where 70,000 fans cheer me on, 
And then I go home and I lay down in bed and I'm alone and I feel lonely. I miss the fans. I miss that environment. And I just thought, what a beautiful sentiment to kind of apply to the start of this season. Now, obviously, Fitz and I both hope everything is done safely, that people are responsible, that, you know, how fans return to games, maybe it's eased in, maybe it's done in in the best ways possible. But I wouldn't underestimate what that environment means to the game, to the fans, and obviously the players, too. I think that's a big deal. So great to have some fans back this year. It's going to be fun. I I tell you what, folks, I talked about realignment earlier in the show, and I just want to share a message. Some of you need to calm down. (laughs) Your world isn't going to end if you're team has to switch conferences. I will say this, if you're a Big 12 fan, the money will never be the same after Texas leaves, but it's going to be okay. And that's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.